The word says, for God's glory, and so Jesus could be glorified. I wonder, though, how many times have you felt that God didn't care because he didn't immediately answer your request? Now, I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because some of you won't raise your hands. Then you would be lying to me because, you know, you're thinking, wow, why, why didn't he do this? Now, I'm wondering why, except I, I, last week I kind of answered that. In, in, in the story of Jairus' daughter, in the delay, you remember the delay of the woman with the issue of blood? She come through and everything stopped and Jesus started ministering to her and, and the whole thing there. And, and there's Jairus and his daughter sick to death and she, he's watching this all happening. And, and as I told you last week, if I was Jairus, I would tell the woman, I don't care what's going on with you. My daughter's sick to death. Shut up and leave Jesus alone. I'm taking him to my daughter. Now, None of that happened. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. This interruption was not an interruption just to delay and make the agony that much more for Jairus. It was for a purpose that he used those things. Nothing in our lives is by accident. God will use everything and our lives for his glory and for your benefit. So, we go on to verse 7, and then he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? Jesus answered, and there are not twelve hours in the daylight? A man who walks in the day will not stumble. He sees this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, and for he has no light. Now, that's nice. What's he saying? It's, it's like, have you ever heard someone say, say something, you're scratching your head, and you're wondering, what's he saying? And you're thinking right now, yeah, every Sunday, Pastor. No, no, no. <laughs> And I want no amens or anything of that sort on that. But what was he saying? What he's saying is this is the day that you have. I want you to be faithful in this day. Don't waste it. Because there is a work of the kingdom in which I want you to experience this is why when Jesus was arrested in that garden in that night, Jesus said, this is your hour, he told them, when darkness reigns. Wow. So we need to be busy about what God is doing. And, and here's the thing I want to remind you as a body of Christ. You online who's watching, and, and, and especially you who are watching is on the other side of the earth. That, that you're, you may be sitting in a basement somewhere. Somehow you tuned us in by the direct providence of God. And God is saying that this is the day in which I have a purpose for your life. Don't waste it. And you we're wondering, yeah, but all this stuff 
is going on. And I understand that. And that stuff impacts our lives. And that stuff is very important to us because it is impacting our lives. But God says, I don't want you to be distracted because there's a work of the kingdom in which I want to do in and through your life. So, he says, while well, it's still day. Verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples said, I love this. You know, these guys, they had to be fun to be with because they're, uh, uh, they were obedient at times. Other times, the sarcasm in what they're saying, Lord, if he's asleep, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant a natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I am not there. Here we go again. Good night. What are you saying, Lord? You're glad you're not there for our sake? Maybe it's for his sake we would want you there. So that you may believe. But let's go to him. Believe what? Believe that he's sick? Believe that he's dead? What do you want me to believe, Lord? I mean, this is not, I'm kind of confused. There's some really ugly stuff going on here. And you're asking me to believe what? And in, in, in you're saying he's asleep, but he's dead. Which is it? Well, it's both. And you're thinking, how could it be? Well, it's going to get very clear very quickly here. Let's go to verse 16. Then Thomas, called Denimus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Thomas. I thought maybe Peter was saying, because you're going to go back to this place, and they're going to want to try to stone you and kill you. And, and Peter says, oh, you know, pull out his sword, big macho Peter, and say, I'm not going to let that happen. No, they're going to have to get through me first. But it was Thomas, <laughs> the doubter, the one who asked the questions all the time. Or maybe ask the questions everybody else is thinking. Because I always like to say, because they'll say, Doubting Thomas, yeah, well, he was asking what you were thinking. And, and he just spoke that out. But here's, here's, so, so here he is, and, and they're going to be going back there. He's ready to go to battle. But, but it's, there's going to be a battle going on that is not physical, but well, it is, but it isn't. It's, it's a collision of the spiritual and the emotional that is coming together here. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. That's intriguing. Four days. Bethany was less than two miles away from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But... I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Can, can you imagine? 
Now, here's this emotion that is going on. Her brother died. She, she's sensing that if he was there, he wouldn't have died. But, but then she goes on and says, I know that even now that God would give you whatever you Four days. Four days is very significant here because it was one day's journey to get that message to Jesus. Then, then it took, Jesus stayed two more days where he was, then took another day to get back to where Mary and Martha was. That's four days. Lazarus was dead for four days. That means that Lazarus was dead most likely when that messenger was coming to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick, the one that you love. And, and, and I find it interesting because as they're thinking, if you were only here, they weren't saying that if you only hurried up, it would have made a difference. They, they were actually saying that in this whole process, I wish you were already here. Because if you were already here, you would have made a difference. But you weren't. But now. But, but now. But praise God, church. Today, this morning, this very moment, we serve a Savior who has risen from the dead. It's not going to take him four days to get to us. He is forever interceding on your behalf. That means he is very much aware of what is going on in your life. You don't even have to send a message, that prayer request, out to him because he would always say, I know, I know. Well, the reason why we pray is not to remind him, it's to remind us who we're praying to because it is that connection that he wants us to have with him. When, when I was a full-time therapist, I, people would say, oh, you, you need to talk to my cousins. Well, okay. Could you give them a call? And I would say, no. You know, why wouldn't you want to call them? They need you. Well, they may, but, but if I call them, they're going to say, what do you want? But if they call me, now they're asking for that help. Now, here's the thing is that he already knows our requests. I love to say this, and, and, and you've heard it enough times, but it's always good to be reminded of, because when he's forever interceding, here's what's happening in heaven. is God the Son, Jesus Christ, is forever interceding in our behalf. That means God the Son is talking to God the Father about us about you. There's this committee meeting that is going on. There's these two, two beings of that, that God the Father, God the Son is talking about the needs and the issues that's going on in, in your life. Nothing's escaping them. They know exactly where you are. So God the Father, here's what God the Son says, so God the Father says to God the Holy Spirit, go. Because you see, the Holy Spirit has been sent 
as our comforter, the one to come alongside of us. So there's this amazing meaning. Sometimes what you do in your life is you're praying, oh, dear Jesus, and I think that's great. We need to pray to him. Oh, God the Father, absolutely we need to pray. But we totally ignore the messenger, the one who's been sent to come alongside of us. I need to ask God the Holy Spirit, what's he saying? What is it that, that you need to tell me? What do you want me to do? Because he is there. It's, it's like we're going through all this. We want answers. And he's standing there waiting and waiting and saying, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you, I'm waiting. I have answers for you. You're totally ignoring me. He wants us to be aware of what is going on. Such incredible love. He is the great I am. He is what we need him to be this very day. But in this situation, there was this delay for four days. That just doesn't make sense. Now, now just go to verse 23. So Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. <laughs> Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She was coming in agreement, but not about today. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She says, yes, Lord. And, 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 and a good therapist or counselor or pastor or friend would ask her, what do you believe? She said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was come into this world. Now, she didn't say, I believe that you are the resurrection of life, because she didn't understand that totally. She says, I believe that you're the Son of God. But he says, I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about the present. He is the resurrection, not will be the resurrection. Jesus is life. John 14, 6 says, He was the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through Him. He is. It's all about Jesus. So he says, do you believe? That's why I would ask Joanna, is, is it did you believe? Yeah. Did you understand everything that was going on? No. Because who does know? I mean, the doctors, if I would told you, it says, you know, they would say, what do you do uh, in your work? And I would say, well, I practice being a preacher. And you go, huh? But, but the doctors, their, their profession is called a practice. Now, I don't know if any of you ever thought of that, but I'm thinking, you're kidding me. But, but the body is so complicated, they're still trying to figure it out. And there's always something new and something fresh and something, well, revolutionary that they're discovering. So do we believe? Now, when, when you're going to go have a surgery, you may know that, that you're having XYZ done. You may even have have looked that up a little bit to see what you what they're doing, but you don't know all the details. Probably you don't want to know all the details of what they want to do, but because it's so well, 
specialize. And it would be hard to explain that without going through 12 years of medical school or whatever. So, so we, we trust them. We looked up that they are a doctor. They have a good record. We have we heard of great results of what they're doing, and we believe that they were the best choice. Well, I'm talking to you about the great physician. Here's something I, I want us to understand: is that I may not always understand everything about him, but I believe everything about him. In, in that, in his words, when he shares, I may even scratch my head and say, what? But I still believe because his ways are higher than my ways. And, and to be truthful with you is, is that if God, if I knew everything about God, I don't want him as my God because now I brought him on my level. He's beyond my understanding. He is everything. His ways are higher than my ways. It doesn't mean that I walk in ignorance. I walk in the Spirit. I allow the Holy Spirit to speak and bring confirmations to that Word of God again and again and again in our lives. He doesn't want us to walk blindly but he says, you don't have to understand everything to know that he is everything. Just believe. He didn't tell Mary and Martha or Jairus when he says, do you believe? He says, I mean, do you understand? He says, do you believe? Do I believe in what he is saying? Now, let's go to verse 28. And after she had said this... <coughs> She went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here. Wow, do I love that. Because that's what he was to them. She said, and he is asking for you. So what does Mary do? When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not entered the village yet, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed that how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. We're going to go with her. When Mary reached this place, when Jesus was and saw him, it wasn't that she was angry with him. She fact, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Just like her sister is saying, I wish you would have been there when, when all this was happening. It would have been all different. So Mary expresses herself through that grief. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. He came to raise Lazarus from the dead. He didn't say, get over this. I'm going to fix it all. He was moved. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus was moved. In fact, right after that in verse 35, the very shortest verse in the Bible is there. Jesus wept. 
He wasn't weeping over the death of Lazarus because he knew he was going to be risen from the dead. He was weeping over the brokenness of Mary and Martha. He, he was identifying with them of what they were doing. I love that because he identifies with our sorrow, our brokenness. He understands how we feel. And, and to him, he's God. I could fix this. It's no big deal. But he was still broken. I, I, I remembered when, when, when the dinosaurs were on earth, and, and I was a youth pastor back then. On that. I would have these students come into my office and, <laughs> Pastor, what's wrong? My boyfriend, my, my, my girlfriend, they, they broke up with me. I'm an adult. There's a student that's teenager. Back of my head is saying, get over it. There's a lot of fish in pond, you know. But my heart as a pastor, and they're hurting. And here's, here's the crazy thing is that I felt their brokenness, this young teenage puppy love. Because, you know, that breakup to them is like a divorce for an adult, but it's for a child. And their world was coming to an end at that moment. I didn't say, get over it, there's other people. I just sat there with them and wept with them. It was crazy. Because I was moved because I loved them so dearly that they felt such pain. I, I want you to know that those students, to this day, will message or call me 40 years later. They said, I remembered when you, they never said, you know what, I remembered when you preached on such and such. It was just great. They, they, they never, no one has ever said that to me 40 years later. They remembered I loved them. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus loved them. So here's what's happening. Jesus wept. All these people around him was watching. Verse 36, then the Jews saw, see how he loved him, loved Lazarus. But some of them said, there's always some of them, some of them said, could not he have been uh, who opened the eyes of the blind man and kept this man from dying? There's always someone who's looking at the negative side. It's amazing to me. They're everywhere, you know. They're like a rash, you know. It's always there somehow. It pops up somewhere, and they want to irritate you, saying, well, yeah, he is a nice guy, but, but. But, you know, there's always those derogatory things. Satan always wants to do that. God, God is doing something in your life. He sends his peace and comfort, then they remind you, yeah, but nothing has happened. It's the same old, same old. He's not answering your prayers. You're still going through the same stuff. You're still having the health issues. 
you're still having the financial issues, the family issues, whatever issues. They're still there. Then all of a sudden you're starting, well, maybe I shouldn't have peace because nothing is really changing. And, and he's there whispering as, well, but. But here is where it gets really interesting. If Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. He says, take it away, <laughs> he said. And, but, but Lord, uh, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, this time, there, um, um, this, uh, by this time, there has a bad odor for he has been there for four days. The four days come up again. What's what's so significant about those four days? Here's here's the thing that was so significant: that the Jews back then believed that that the spirit stays with the deceased for three days. Well, it was one day the messenger, two days Jesus stayed away, one day to get back. Four days, four days he come back. It was one day after they felt that, well, the spirit is no longer with them. He went to make sure in their head that there could be no doubt what he was about to do. In verse 40, Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? It's, it's, it's like a father saying to his children, didn't I say Do I need to remind you of what I have promised you? That if you would just do this, you'll get that piece of cake? You know? Coconut cream pie? Or I'm going to keep it healthy, carrot cake? He said, if you would just, but he didn't, he says, I just want you to believe. Just want you to believe. How often does God have to tell us these things? He wants to tell us that, that I want to remind you, is that you don't have to always understand everything. I just want you to believe. I just want you to trust in me. And and when we have gone through some very difficult situations, sometimes it's hard because we're thinking, well, I did, but it didn't work out the way I thought it would work out. And we go on this rampage, and he says, shh, shh, He told Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. He's telling us, calm down. I'm bigger than this circumstance. Just believe. So, verse 41, they took the stone away. That's good. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He wanted them to hear this. I know that you always hear me. He wanted them to hear that. But I said this is for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. I want them to know that I am your son. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
it's interesting because he said Lazarus. I I I, I believe that that you know Lazarus is in that tomb. And if he would have just said, "Come forth," he would have said, "You talking to me?" Or the whole graveyard heard, "Oh, you're talking to me," and they all rise up. Now you're thinking, that's crazy thought. Well, listen to this. In Matthew 27, verses 50 through 53 says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit when he was being crucified. And at that moment, that uh, uh, the curtain in the temple was torn into from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were risen to life. And they came out of the tomb after Jesus' resurrection, and they went into the holy city, appeared to many people. <laughs> so there's little Jimmy and Susie, they're playing out in the yard, and, and, and they look down the street, and here comes Grandma and Grandpa, who has died. They're holding hands, walking to them, and, and they run into the house and say, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, Grandma and Grandpa's coming to visit. <laughs> it would have been, I would have loved to be able to hear that conversation. You've got to be kidding me. What a credible testimony of the power of God. Verse 44 Here's what it says now. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with stripes of linen and the clothing around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. <laughs> so he's in this tomb. They have him laying down. I mean, I'm sure he's not standing up. They take the stone away. He'd probably back away pretty quick because there's probably some odor in there. And then, all of a sudden, <laughs> or I rather think, you know, it's, it's one of those Star Wars things or something. And, and there he is, you know, standing there. Then he says, I don't mind the idea, this roll of stone away. He says, I roll of stone away. But then he says, someone unwrap them. That's when I would take my authority and say, Pastor Anthony, you go. You unwrap. No, no, don't go. <laughs> you, you, I'm thinking, oh, unwrap them. But they did. Because he said to them, do you believe? See, seeing is not always believing. And, and understanding that, as you're thinking, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I'm amazed that, that the world could see the handiwork of God. How do you explain creation without God in it? You can't. He's a part of everything. They saw this, this miraculous miracle. Verse 45, therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and put their faith in him. You got me. I'm on your team. I believe that. 
But sometimes I think, isn't it sad that we have to see something to believe it? Well, because that's our natural nature. That, that, well, show me. We want that proof. But he said, just believe. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus has done. That's those people saying, well, at least he maybe he should have showed up a little bit earlier and then healed Lazarus. They saw the magnificence of God's power, but they still did not want to be a part of it. Why is that? What more proof do they need? Why is it? It's because they did not want to give in to it all. That's why when people don't want to accept the whole issue of creation, that God was in it, because if they accept that, they have to accept it all. And they don't want to do that. Because it would disrupt their way of living. These people didn't want to give in to it. That's magnificent. That's wonderful. But I don't want to be a part of it because now, now I, got, I got to be like them. I don't want to give up. Sin is a pleasure for a season. Then destruction. Here's something that I find very interesting. It's found in John 12, verses 9 through 11. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus when he had raised him from the dead. <laughs> Isn't it the Elliots, the missionary, who the husband who was killed, murdered by the natives in that country that they were in, and then years later, the very people, the tribal chief who was part of the murder of that missionary came to find Jesus and started to travel around the country with the wife of this missionary. And they came. Not only did they want to hear the story, they wanted to see the man who was converted of what God has done. They wanted to see Lazarus. Well, this is, I heard about this, but I really want to see this. So the chief priest made plans, listen to this, to kill Lazarus as well. You see, people don't want the truth. They don't want you living it out before them so they're going to ignore your faith. So they're going to do everything they can to destroy that. For on the account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith within him. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Here's where this word of God becomes so relevant in our lives. There is no way that Mary and Martha is going to comprehend what is going to transpire that after four days, that tomb smelling like a corpse is that their brother was going to live again. They, they, they says, yes, he is going to rise in the end. But today, 
But Jesus says, just believe. Just believe. You may be sitting here, and everything around you may have not been working very well. Seems like everything is coming against you. And, and Jesus is saying, just believe. Some of you here, I know you're well. I know some of the things that you've gone through, to things in the past. It looks like everything that your hands were touching was turning to rot. Everybody was against you. No one was there for you. You're going to eat some worms, you know. It's not very good. It's very painful. And then you didn't stop believing. I love this. And then you saw the hand of God. You didn't understand how. You didn't weren't even sure if it could be done. But you knew that He's God and you're not. You knew that He is a resurrection and a life. And you just believed. That's what he's asking us today. Just believe. When Joanna got that phone call early in the morning, she couldn't wrap her head around or comprehend everything. She just knew the condition of her mother Mary. Isn't that nice, Mary? Her mother Mary was... was had a compromise system, came down with COVID. It attacked her heart, had two heart attacks, had to be put on a respirator, and that's never good we know of. And thinking, this is not good. But this tenacious woman says, I still believe. I'm not giving in to what I hear or what other people see or what people are saying. This is you need to prepare yourself. Just believe. (laughs) And the great physician says... I could take care of that heart. I could take care of that breathing. I could have this child of God rise up. And he's asking the body of Christ, this whole series, rise up. He's saying, family of God, rise up. Just believe. Would you rise up with me, please? Because listen, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to heaven but through him. Do you believe? I asked earlier, and... and it wasn't this large of a crowd, but, but it was a good size. I says, do you believe? And there were some of those who, who were standing in the back almost knocked me over. They, they sounded so, so well. Because, you see, when I say I believe, you're not only convincing yourself. 
And, and this is not mine over matter. This is truth. I believe who he is. I may not comprehend everything. I don't know why everything has happened, but I believe who he is. And that's all he's asking. Because you see, my friend, it's not about you. It's about him and what he could do. But he's saying, I want you to open the door. Just believe. So could I ask you, do you believe? Could, 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 could you repeat something for me? Could you say, I believe? Oh, no. Could you say it again? Could, 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 could you say it one more time convincingly? You know, here's what I love. Because not only are you telling yourself, and, and, and not only are you telling your fellow believers around you that you believe, because we're not in this alone. The powers of darkness in this world, they can't read your mind, but they could read your behavior and they hear what you say. That's why I like to read the Word of God out loud. That's why I like to pray out loud. I wanted that father of lies to hear the truth in his Word. And so when I say, I believe, he takes a step back. And when I say, no, no, I believe, he takes a step back. And then when I shout it with everything I have, I believe, he doesn't take a step back. He turns and he runs. Because there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you should not have the emotions. Mary and, and, and Martha, they were all caught up in the emotions. Jesus, if you would have been, if you would have been here. They weren't angry. They just knew he could make a difference. But they were caught up. My brother is dead. Yes, we are not to be void of our emotions. We're not to be void of the reality. This is what I'm going through stinks. When I had, when I say one of my heart attacks, I've had three. And uh, the third one was a long time ago. I'm doing great to the glory of God. But I remember when I'm, when I'm in that ambulance and they were rushing me to the hospital. They're saying, they're saying how are you doing? I said, this stinks. <laughs> then, 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 then Arlene got, got the reports, and they said, because they asked me, what's the pain, pain level, 1 to 10? I said, it's 10. But then they put in parentheses, but he's smiling. What do we do with that? Because I knew he is the resurrection and the life. I knew what he is capable of doing. Yes, I understood the situation was not good. It stunk. I'm in the ambulance going off to the hospital. I literally felt life leaving me. I told Arlene she was the joy of my life. I was saying, see ya. I'm leaving now. She had nothing to do with that. She's smacking the bottom of my feet. Because I called her saying, hey, uh, I'm coming by to pick you up. We're going to head to a hospital. And, oh, we're going to visit some. No, I think I might be having a heart attack. What a phone call to get because I was out driving. On my way home, she called the ambulance. They came. 
they did everything that they're supposed to do. The situation was not good, but he's a resurrection and life. You see, I don't have to always understand, but I need to believe. And, and even in your faith journey, my friend, sometimes you're thinking that you have to have this, this knowledge of Christ, this total understanding before you yield your life over to him. And sometimes you're like these people who didn't want to believe because what they had to give up. And, and, and Satan's there, that naysayer saying, yeah, but you've got to give up this, you've got to give up that, you've got to give up the little thing. You mean I, I need to give, give up the misery of, of a life of sin for the fullness of the life of Christ Jesus? Uh, but we don't always understand all that yet. So if you're here today, you're not sure about embracing this whole theme called Christianity. Just believe because over the period of time, he'll prove it again and again and again. Over the 47 years of pastoring, over the 73 years of living, over the 63 years of, of being a follower of Christ when I came to know Jesus in a personal way at the age of 10, he's still teaching me. I'm still baffled. I still have questions. Why don't you? Why can't you? Why didn't you? And he said, just believe. Because he knows exactly what he's doing. And if you're here going through those challenges that are testing you, and you need answers, the answer is he is the resurrection and the life. Just believe. And get ready. Buckle up, because you're going to be on a journey of your life. I jokingly said, my epitaph, I went on my tombstone that I rode, came to that grave site, tore up, beat up, dusty, dirty, worn out, slid into that grave and said, what a ride. What a ride. God has... A journey for an insane rise up. So.